how can you factor all these things into a you know a modernization plan so you come out with improved performance improved security cost savings and where can you make improvements that will bring you the biggest bang for your buck technology is transforming how we think how we lead and how we win from intervision this is status go the show helping IT leaders move beyond the status quo, master their craft, and propel their IT vision. Welcome to Status Go. I'm your host, Jeff Tun. Before we get into our episode today, I have a favor to ask of you. If you enjoy the Status Go podcast, whether you are a frequent listener or this is your first time joining us, tell a friend, send them a link or post on social media. Let others know about us. We would really appreciate it. With that, let's jump into the episode. Welcome back to our continuing series, Mythbusters, Cloud Security and Innovation. Like the much more famous Mythbusters TV show, we're going to dive into several myths and through interviews, case studies, data, and of course, podcasts, we're going to bust that myth. As you know, this month we are debunking the myth that the cloud is too expensive. We've heard from from Braden Pitts of MJ Insurance. We've heard from Nick Lumsden of Tenacity.ai. And today we're going to talk with InterVision's own John Gray. John is our chief product officer. He's been involved with the cloud back when the cloud was barely a whisper of Cirrus making its way across the sky of our tech lexicon. Who better to help us bust that myth? So, John, welcome back to Status Go. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to be here again. Well, and you have been a frequent guest, and you've also been a host here on Status Go. So we're going to skip the the typical, hey, share a little bit about your journey, and we're going to dive right in. So, John, let's unpack this myth. You've been involved in cloud technology since the early days. Where did this myth that the cloud is too expensive come from? What started this whole thing? Well, I mean, the the cloud can be. The cloud done wrong can be expensive, like, you know, any form of technology. Um, If executed poorly, it can be expensive and it can be yeah, it doesn't enable your business. If you step back and think about it, the whole purpose of technology, whether it's cloud or on-premise or anything, is to you know make life better, right? Yeah. Tools enable things, not constrain, but so often we find that technology is constraining businesses, right? It's yeah. Um, so, and what's happened with the cloud in some cases is a lot of the discipline that people had around setting up data centers setting up servers working methodically through the different disciplines have been you know have been you know not executed and so the you know the old style way of doing things was at times slow laborious and the cloud you can get in there and you can turn stuff on and turn it up overnight and it's great but you can turn a whole bunch of things on that you forget about, or you can execute it very poorly. You can replicate your on-prem architecture in the cloud, and often that is not the right way to do it. 
Um, so there's a whole bunch of ways to do the cloud wrong, which are, you know, cost you money in the long term. Yeah. So, yeah. So it's, uh, it, it, it's almost too easy, uh, right? We made it too easy on ourselves to, to uh, deploy this technology. Uh, certainly. I mean, you know, that's one way of looking at it. I mean, we hear a lot about shadow IT and things like mm-hmm. that, where, you know, often in a large organization, you've got decentralized departments, you know, focus on their own thing that works well for the business for a lot of reasons. You know, over the decades, Jeff, both you and I have seen the pendulum swing between centralized IT and decentralized <laughs> and back and forth. And there's pros and cons to both, right? Yeah. Um, and so you can implement things extremely quickly in the cloud. Great. You know, it gets you off and going. Um, if you then have the discipline to kind of stick with it and look at the costs and, you know, and, you know, make improvements, you don't have to get it all right initially. Right. Um, but you also don't want to forget it. Right. So there's lots of ways to go about it where you can achieve your, you know, the agility and the things you want for your business and you know, not overspend in the long run, but you need to use some of the disciplines that were, you know, we've always used in IT uh, in the right ways. So, well, I, I know from our conversations, John, you've been involved in in some horror stories about runaway costs, where where you've been called in, you and your team have been called in to try to try to uh, cap the geyser, if you will. Uh, can you share a couple of things? Uh, that you've done uh, or your team has done when you've brought in, in that case, to, to try to get things back under control a bit? Yeah, I mean, I, a couple of examples come to mind. Um, you know, both of them came at me in this in very similar time frame a couple of years ago. One was a shipping company um, that had, was extensively using um, DB2, you know, IBM's relational database, um, yep. And their business was growing very fast. You know, they had a sudden sort of expansion. They and they were just massively constrained by the I/O on their database, and you know it was really hurting them. So they you know, took advantage of the cloud. DB, you know, got things up and running in in um, in the cloud on servers. Uh, got DB two installed. Got everything running and performing well and got them through that and then you know three or four months later when the cfo got to see the bills uh of what they had in the cloud they're like whoa 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 what the heck and that's kind of when we got the call right because their guys had implemented db2 in the same way they'd implemented it on prem um got them through you know, the period of time that they needed to stabilize their business, taking advantage of the new contracts they'd won. Uh, and, but they were just desperate for help. They didn't know the cloud. Um, they were really uh, frightened to make any changes because things were working, right? Um, the business was humming along, but the costs were, you know, very high. So we got some of our... Cloud engineers in there really sort of understood their architecture, and you know we made some initial changes within a day or two that you know immediately sort of saved them some pretty big chunks of money. Shut down certain things at certain times of the day. Um, you know, took advantage of some caching and things like that. 
and then you know got in there with them and looked more closely at the application architecture and made a few modernization changes with them to their application so it could really start to take advantage of some of the cloud native aspects of you know things like RDS and whatever in in the cloud and yeah. sort of incrementally got them to a much better place uh, yeah. where you know they're now spinning up test environments and shutting them down, you know, when they need to, rather than having, you know, big test environments running all the time. And really, you know, they've sort of learned and we, you know, we've put a bunch of automation scripts in place for them um, that they're leveraging. I think, you know, I, I think our team continues to work with them, but you know, that was one example. Um, in a similar sort of time frame, we had a company come to us who was, really pushing the limits, bleeding edge on um, AWS's version of Hadoop. And their bills were staggering, you know, the money they were spending, but they're also their business was phenomenal. Uh, and what they had done was, you know, really push the limits of, of AWS's implementation of Hadoop. Uh, it was you know, as you will, will see with some of the cloud services that come out, they're not always fully formed with the, the latest things that are released and not everything works as described, you know, on the box. Uh, yeah. And um, our engineers were able to get in there and figure out working closely with the AWS team, you know, what was going on and what, that particular client was doing that was causing, you know, basically things to run so hot and not scale back down as it was supposed to. Uh, um, yeah. So, you know, that was an example of our ability as a company, as a, you know, a Amazon premier partner, we had great leverage into getting to the people that have actually implemented the software. And it was kind of an edge case that this customer had pushed the limits. Um, and initially it was great for them, but uh, then, you know, they were just seeing things that was kind of beyond their experience. They've done very well, super bright people there, you know, they're scientists who were using, you know, that sort of software, but uh, kind of run out of um, their own expertise, right? Yeah. And um, they couldn't shut it down because they were getting what they needed from a business standpoint. And, you know, we were, again, able to make some yeah. changes pretty quickly to get things under control. And then sort of once you take a bit of a pause, we're able to then work with them to get into a, you know, a solid architecture and get them connected directly up with the right people yeah. at Amazon who help them, you know, further. So... Um, so, so brilliant people that's that needed that needed help. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah I mean, the, the people using it was phenomenal what they were doing in both of those cases. They used yeah. things well. Right. But sort of then ran into trouble. I think that's part of it. Right. Is that many times we're we're afraid to ask for help, afraid to right. admit that we don't know something. But the, a lot of this is outside of our especially those of us that were born on-premises, right? Uh, that's how we uh, came up through the ranks. The, this cloud can be mysterious for us. I've got some hypothetical use cases I'd like to 
uh, do a little bit of role playing here, John, if you don't, if you don't mind. Um, okay, so correct. I'm going to place you in a role and just uh, ask you a question about how you would, how you would handle that. So in this first one, you're the CIO, the chief information officer, uh, mid enterprise organization. Let's say the company is in healthcare. In your application portfolio, you have a couple of SaaS applications. However, most of your apps are server-based and run in your data center. You think you want to take advantage of the cloud, but you have heard these horror stories about costs getting out of control. What do you do to ensure that you don't become one of those stories? Um. Yeah, you know, my thinking there is you, you know, you bring in a, a skilled partner, you know, like an intervision. Obviously, you know, I'm going to favor us, but <laughs> bring in somebody who's really got experience to do an assessment in some shape or form of what the workloads are that you've got on prem, you know, the applications. Understand, you know, how they're supporting your business. Really, for you know, as a team with the you know the vendor you bring in, really sort of look at the big picture of how your technology is supporting your business, right? Um, look at the areas where you may be wanting to make changes in areas where you don't, and look understand your costs today. You know where you've got. Um, money being spent on servers, money being spent on people. People, a lot of the time, it's, you know, there's a lot of money being spent on support staff, right? So really understand your current costs. Uh, and then sort of look to the areas where you may have a lot of technical debt, perhaps. Where where can you make improvements that, you know, that will bring you the biggest bang for your buck, right? Get you to your business objectives, right? This is not changing technology for technology's sake, right? You're right. looking to improve things. Are you concerned about security, cybersecurity? Everybody is, right? Are you concerned about DR? Do you have that taken care of? How can you factor all these things into a, you know, a modernization plan, essentially, uh, and leverage the benefits of the cloud uh, to to do that. So you come out with improved performance, improved security, cost savings, and that journey there is probably a multi-phased project so that you move in a safe fashion, right, from your current um, environment and situation into, you know, a, a phased in approach to a new environment. And it's, it's not a one-time event, Jeff. It's an ongoing initiative generally right and you want to sort of chop it up into pieces that fit with the rhythm of your business you know are there yeah. certain times of year when you absolutely do not want to be making changes healthcare i think of open enrollment you know right, right you probably don't want to be making any changes to anything around that time of year and yeah. you know if it's you feel that type of company absolutely. Um, and so those are the sort of things Spend the time with a partner to have them understand your business, your technology, mm -hmm. your, what drives you as an organization, how you need to innovate to with your clients to really get ahead. You know, what, what are your goals? Make sure those are conveyed and understood 
and built in and you understand how you're going to potentially, you know, if you can, if you've got massive SQL server costs and licensing costs, which we often see, can yeah. you get, you know, that handled first to save some money that would fund a project? Can you take advantage of uh, the funding coming from the major, you know, hyperscalers from AWS yeah. and yeah. Microsoft? You know, they will fund a lot of this work. Absolutely, uh, yeah. And, yeah. you know, we are experts in getting that funding for organizations. But really best is we need to understand your business. Um, and it shouldn't just, again, be a technology change for the sake of it. That can certainly be a good yeah. thing. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. So it's, a, you know, it's a plan. Well, and that... That, that harkens back to, um, you know, you and I did an episode, gosh, it might be two years ago now, time kind of flies by on cloud first doesn't mean uh, you're going big bang, right? You're, yeah. you're going you're gonna to map it out and, and, and move yeah. slowly. And then the, the other piece that you talked about there is talk to the cloud companies and find out what funding is available. Uh, Braden, uh, Braden Pitts of MJ Insurance mentioned that on the episode uh, that we ran a, a couple of weeks ago. Now, John, we're going to pause right there and we're going to listen to uh, 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 an ad from InterVision Systems, a word from InterVision Systems. You mentioned uh, our company a, a couple of minutes ago and want to play this because as listeners know, InterVision is the publisher of the Status Go podcast. Unlock the power of more with InterVision Systems. We provide the cutting-edge technology and expert guidance you need to take your business to the next level. Don't settle for less. Choose InterVision Systems and discover what's possible. Contact us now to learn more. And if you do want to learn more, visit intervision.com slash myths to learn more about the myths we have been busting in this series and some about the myths that we're going to be addressing in, in uh, months to come. Right now, we're talking with John Gray. John is the Chief Product Officer of InterVision, and uh, I'm having him do a little role-playing. We're talking uh, different roles, different scenarios, uh, in how he would approach the cloud to make sure that costs are maintained in an appropriate way uh, and to bust that myth that the cloud is too expensive. So another scenario that I'd like to uh, explore with you, John, and I know it's one you can relate to. Uh, you've been involved in early stage startups in your career. Uh, so now you are, uh, you're involved in one. You have no intention of leveraging on-premises servers what things do you need to consider to make sure that you keep costs under control as you launch the startup and can, and start to grow the startup? Yeah, um, great question. And yes, I've you know I've been involved in startups. I'm still um, part owner of a company that we started that you know was cloud based. Um, that's going very well. Um, and, you know, using that as, as an example, we did not pay any infrastructure costs in the first 12 months because we took advantage of 
of actually Amazon's, you know, free tier, um, we, you know, there is also funding available from the you know, Amazons and Microsofts for startups that, you know, will then, you know, once you get beyond the free stuff, will uh, really reduce the costs for you. Um, and if you, from the get-go, look, you know, have the discipline to use um, automation and engineering if you've got people or you have a partner who can do infrastructure as code and things and shut environments down and, you know, use serverless and be very much on the leading edge of cloud native, your costs can be really minuscule. Um, but, the, you know, there's all of that sounds exciting. Um, there's a sort of old school discipline that you need in some shape or form in the company, though, and that is governance, right, of mm-hmm. how you're leveraging the technology that you leverage, right? So you need to figure out how you're going to control it. So as you as a company start to expand and be successful and start to consume more technology, who's kind of overseeing that? Uh, how are you reporting on it? You know, are you following FinOps, you know, financial operations, sort of best practices? Uh, do you have budgeting alerts set up? You know, things like automation, 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 right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, things that will tip you off if things are suddenly spiraling, you know, costs are going up and you weren't, didn't expect them, right? So you can take your eye off it um, and then periodically leverage others to come in and, you know, take a look at what you're doing um, and can, you know, well-architected um, reviews, those kinds of things, look for ways to improve. The technology every, you know, year is improving and becoming more and more cost-effective. Look to the, you know, look to the latest services that are available, the serverless, you know, the various different ways the cloud is is um, changing and evolving and, be, you know, it's becoming less and less expensive if you use it right. Um, and But don't get so caught up in that that you're changing stuff every day. You know, it's <laughs> like, because you got to get on and build your business. Yeah. Um, so, you know, sort of set a, you know, cadence, uh, and again, I would highly recommend bringing in a partner who is doing this stuff, you know, all day, every day. And, you know, to some degree, you know, like you do get what you pay for. So get a partner that's good yeah. and, you know, spend a little money because it will save you money, you know. And, at, you know, we offer cost optimization services where we were, you know, in certain situations, guarantee that what we do for you, you will pay more than pay for itself, right? Yeah. And then we recommend that you take those savings and further do, you know, refactoring and automation. But that doesn't apply to the to a company that's just starting out. Just starting, yeah. yeah. So, you know, um, recognize that you're going to fail at some things. Uh, don't be afraid to try things. Pull in the, you know, the cloud companies and other folks and see what you can get for... Yeah. Very little. Use the partners who know how to do that. Become a case study for them. You know, <laughs> do right, a little bargaining. Right. You know, yeah. you know, if, if we if we do this for you, can you help us with some free, you know, consulting? And you'll find, yeah, yeah. yeah you've got, you know, you know, you got so, some leverage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you do. If you, yeah. particularly if you're in an exciting area of business, and you know, so. 
Because um, a lot of times these days, I mean, it used to be data processing and then IT, you know, separate from a, the main part of a company, right? Whereas yeah, technology, yeah. you know, fully digitalized companies, uh, it's, it's completely wrapped in to what you do, yeah. right? So it's no longer, you know, something that you've got people off in a different segment uh, of your yeah, company. It is part of the business. It's yeah. part of the yeah. business. Yeah. Right? Well, and you raise, you raise a couple of great points in there, uh, John. One is uh, if you're in this startup scenario that we're going through this situation, take advantage of the free tier for as long as it makes sense for you to do mm-hmm. so. Uh, and then the other thing that I think you 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 mentioned that I really want to emphasize is take the time to put your governance in place. You're 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 a you're a founder or you or you're early uh, employee in a startup. You're excited about the product or service that you're building, um, and you don't want to slow down. But sometimes you have to slow down to put those governance pieces in place uh, so that you don't have to pay the piper later on. Well, let's try one more scenario, John. Uh, Now you're the vice president of technology for a company. You have a hybrid architecture with a mixture of on-prem, SaaS, and cloud-based applications. To further complicate things, you have a multi-cloud architecture. How do you keep costs in check in that environment? Yeah, I mean, I think that's where most companies find themselves at this point, right? Multi-cloud, because you may be using one cloud, you know, one hyperscaler for your main applications, another one for analytics, you know, uh, another one for your security, you know, Active Directory, uh, those kinds of things. And you've got things on-prem, you've got SaaS, because SaaS is a good way to go for certain things where, you know, it's cookie cutter for your needs. Um, how do you keep your costs in check? Um, you need to monitor them, right? Um, fundamental. You know, we, we do, um, a, you know, we've got a FinOps, financial operations service that we provide to customers, and it's very cost effective for them. Uh, and we look at, you know, we're not just cloud. We can, you know, look at your networking costs, you know, um, should you, now you've grown and you're growing into a multi-location, should you be moving to SD-WAN, you know, um, should you be considering as a service version of things, uh, are your, you know, are your, um, are your needs somewhat unique or, you know, customized in certain areas? Um, so I, you know, it's really sort of ongoing discipline of having a cadence to, to look at things, you know, weekly, monthly, quarterly. Um, it's easier if you've got one vendor that you're working with who provides that for you. Right. Uh, and you've got budgeting and alerting and things set up automatically. So, you know, that you're not going to go too far out of whack and you're going to, you know, or if you things start to escalate beyond what they were last month, why are you suddenly spending more? Well, yeah. perhaps it's, you know, you're a, uh, you're a education organization and it's, a, you know, everybody's signing up for class and uh, yeah, we, we would expect it this month. Yes. But, yeah. You know, so um, use the tools, um, use predictive AI, 
right? You know, predictive analytics and things like that mm -hmm. to yeah. sort of run models and to, you know, identify improvements for you and, you know, really start to um, become a data-driven organization, right? So that you're, you have the data that tells you where your money's being spent. You can see how much a particular business transaction is costing you if you're selling, you know, sneakers, you know, how much does it cost for each one? If you've got a marketing campaign going, get the metrics coming out of, you know, out of that, right? Your call center, yeah, yeah. Um, contact center, omnichannel. Look, you know, really where you can instrument your, it's kind of an old school term again, but if you're instrumenting your software and your, you know, infrastructure and things, and you've got data coming off of it, that you can then track in analytics and KPIs. And there's so much now with the clouds, you know, versions of the BI tools that you can do yeah, so quickly. Yeah. In the dashboards, you can be looking at, uh, and that can be proactively alerting you uh, and tracking and do trailing 12 month you know, analysis on certain key uh, indicators so you can see if you're getting better or worse. Really understand what, where your money is going, uh, where it's variable, where it's fixed. Um, and, you know, put, a, put together a, you know, a, one year, two year, three year plan for where you're going to spend money going forward to refactor and, you know, because technology continues to change, right? It's not yeah. a, yeah. you know, implement, get it done. Now we don't have to think about it. It's because yeah. the clouds are, are adding more and more services all the time. There may be right. other things that you can take advantage of. Exactly. So, so John, we're here to bust the myth that the cloud is, is too expensive. What would you say to a CIO or an IT director that told you, John, I'm not moving to the cloud because it is too expensive? How do you respond to that? Um, well, I'd say, well, how do you know that? If that, if <laughs> the answer, you know, if somebody's got the information, look, I've got this very customized factory that's got robotics in it and it's massively sensitive to network latency and it doesn't, you know, there's certain scenarios that are edge cases where go, okay, yeah, no, you're right. The cloud is not going to be huge for you in that. There's probably data analytics and things that can be done in the cloud for you, but uh, know why, right? Because yeah. you know, I don't buy that as just a blanket statement. Right for all the reasons and all the things I've just discussed. So know where your money is going and how it supports your your business. And if you know cloud is just there's cloud infrastructure that is just technology, but there's increasingly a whole bunch of higher level services in the cloud. Right, yeah. that are not infrastructure. They're AI. They're you know they're um, many things as a service. Right, databases as a service. Yeah. So when you say the cloud's too expensive, you know, that, that's an increasingly large set of things, right? Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, including software as a service. I mean, that is cloud. Most of those companies, are, you know, all of them are running in the hyperscalers. So, you, yeah. Yeah. you know, if, if the right answer is to go to software as a service, you're using cloud. That's right. Just that's right. Somebody else is doing it for you. 
So, um, yeah. Uh, have somebody verify that for you. Challenge them. You know, challenge a company like ours. Say, hey, we're not going to the cloud because it's going to be too expensive. And here's, you know, our why we believe that. Show us why that's not the case. Not, not the case. Yeah, I love that. That that reminds me of the uh, the episode we had with Sam Folidgard uh, several weeks ago when he uh, Sam is in. Um, uh, he's an account executive. He's in business development for for Intervision, and his message was challenge him, right? As a as a prospect, yeah. have him show you. I, I love that. Well, John, we are we are out of time, my friend, and I want to thank you for carving out time to chat with us today and helping us to bust this myth that the cloud is too expensive. So, thank you, sir. Well, pleasure, Jeff. Thank you for having me. There you have it, folks. Myth busted. The cloud is an excellent option. And if you do it right and you plan and put the parameters around it and the governance around it, it doesn't have to be too expensive. In fact, you can save money leveraging the cloud and you can obtain technologies that you may not be able to afford otherwise. To learn more and dive deeper into these myths, visit intervision.com myths. To find the show notes and the interview transcript, go to intervision.com status go. The show notes will provide links and contact information. And if you're interested in continuing the discussion, look for the Status Go podcast group on LinkedIn. This is Jeff Tun for John Gray. Thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to the Status Go podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes or get more information at intervision.com. If you'd like to contribute to the conversation, find Intervision on Facebook, LinkedIn, or Twitter. Thank you for listening. Until next time.